Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the FPL Hangover podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone all things FPL related. This week folks we're coming at you with our second episode of our third season and a mere two weeks or so before the game week one deadline so enjoy it while it lasts because once it starts you can't put that genie back in the damn lamp. A uh, little, little has happened since we last spoke. I suppose there's been a few transfers. Uh, the odd fixture list was postponed, but who needs that anyway? I jest, of course. We've all been tinkering with our teams. And who better than to tinker with your team but the Ambrosia to my sour cream and my podcast partner in crime, Seamus. How are you getting on, my friend? All good here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We had a bit of a break last week because... Uh, I still had some summer holidays to take and uh, went traveling around the country, so no pod last week, but I think that's about the last we'll get away from it for <laughs> for God knows when, you know? Yeah, literally about two or three days after we recorded our our last pod, the fixtures dropped, so we can actually now discuss, you know, fixtures and uh, the developments there, and game week one is a blank. It is. Big, uh, big, big thing about the, the new fixtures, so no city or United, and couple other teams there that we're less interested in but mainly no manchester teams yeah and i mean i suppose you're hitting we're hitting it early on but uh there was a question i believe that we would have got to in the drunk tank regarding fpl juice and he asked us how we're viewing the manchester blanks and what's our approach to it in general and you know as we're as we're chatting about it did that like are, are you happy that it's a bit of a blank or did it scupper a lot of chain you know kind of moves you're gonna make um no, I, I, I'm not happy about it because uh, now we're going to see a lot of players and managers go for you know, the same type of teams. Yeah, so There was real decisions to be made and now you're going to see a lot more people probably wildcarding and things like that and people are going to have a plan in place to get players in which we'll discuss You know what are appropriate plans and what our type of plans are. I just think it's going to make things very samey for a lot of players but maybe... Maybe it catches out a few casuals and maybe we get off to a better start. I don't that's, know. Uh, that's the way I'm approaching it. I'm actually kind of happy because it, I don't know, it, it's, it, you're right, it definitely narrows the field of vision for the first couple of game weeks for everyone because it's like no one has to make that decision about do you have an Aubameyang over a KDB or a Fernandez over uh, maybe two Liverpool midfielders, who knows. But uh, uh, I do think that in the long run, like, you know, it's going to maybe as you said, kind of fuck up a couple of casuals, kind of maybe people don't really plan their next couple of weeks, get distracted by uh, a couple of kind of one-off fixtures, results or points, returns, and going, oh, maybe I'll do this instead. Or I don't know, maybe they show a little less discipline. I think I'm worried about that in myself more than anything, especially regarding like those planned transfers. So I assume like yourself, you've got a couple of moves you're going to want to make once the Manchester team's you know, come back into play from game week two and three onwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure, we'll discuss our own teams later on, but, like, my team at the minute could end up, like, nothing like the team I currently have. I do know there'll be a few players that I currently have in there, and uh, I'll have, uh, yeah, I've, I've transfers booked in for game week two and game week three, and, yeah, I think it's it might be appropriate to leave a small bit in the bank to adjust, uh, you know, account for price rises and price falls and things like that. But uh, yeah, what can you, what can you say until, unless you have the teams up there in front of us, you want to get into it straight away. I don't know. 
Um, it's hard to kind of discuss. It, it all comes down to the fixture swings. Yeah, no. And the way the fixtures line up. You're damn right. You're damn right. And I'm probably, you know, fucking running before we can walk here. I think it's about time. We did take a quick look at the fixtures. And uh, I say look because, as you probably know by now, or at least if you ch- tuned in last week, uh, we are releasing all these episodes on YouTube as well as our audio format. So there's a video podcast uh, or a vodcast. I don't know. What the, what do the kids call video things these days it's not even video that's how <laughs> that's how dated it sounds but um no uh this is on youtube so if you are enjoying it on the audio or if you're watching youtube even just a like and a subscribe that would go a long way it's basically like starting from scratch again in terms of uh, subscribers and whatnot and uh, yeah this is it even if you listen to this in audio uh, i wouldn't mind a, a now like on the youtube link that would go a long way but getting back to uh getting back to the meat and meat and potatoes of it fixtures seamus i've kindly sourced some from tedtalksfpl.com uh, at TED Talks FPL, if uh, anyone wants to check him out on Twitter, he does uh, bunches a bunch of uh, people do their own fixtures list. I didn't actually really realize this until this year, but you know, people create their own. They they kind of change the difficulty ratings and what their opinions are of it, and uh, it's like a little niche content that only happens once a year, like Christmas trees. Yeah, I've done it in the past where I've. Like I'm a member of uh, Fancy Football Scout, and I've uh, been a member in the past. I've never joined up any of the other sites that are out there. Like Hub is another one that's out there, and I think Fancy Premier Tools are another one that are out there. But in the past, I've joined the Scout. I'm there again this year. You can change the ratings if you don't agree with their assessment of you know the Scout are usually pretty good. At least it's certainly better than the official games FDR ratings. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, but you can kind of change in there if you think you know that West Ham's defense is overvalued at home or something like that so you can kind of change these things around and uh yeah a lot of people will come up with kind of nice visualizations of ways to, to view them which is good um so yeah this looks like a good one ted talks fpl haven't uh haven't looked at that one before um yeah. but it's kind of a traffic light system you kind of mentioned red light uh, red green and yellow yeah exactly i think it's like uh, i don't want to go into the visuals of it too much because said so there's probably a lot of people listening to it but you know it's it was a simpler version for it uh for me which is kind of what i liked especially at this time of the season when you know everything's still a bit up in the air i, I tend to kind of come at it a bit broader and then narrow it in the closer we get to deadline one so for me this was perfect and i would recommend uh people check that that chap out at ted talks at ted talks fpl.com but looking at the fixture seamus uh you mentioned it there before we hit records there's a couple of teams that have stuck out to you spurs have a nice run uh you, you... yes spurs probably i mean it is spurs so you gotta take uh, we saw what Jose Mourinho did with them last year it's kind of and we saw what he did with United yeah. it kind of nullifies them a small bit from the attacking it doesn't nullify them sorry that's probably the wrong word <laughs> probably uh I'm probably kind of dismissing them too lightly there but they aren't the sort of team that Jose Mourinho seems aren't the sort of team that usually scores three four or five goals in a game they certainly aren't like Liverpool or well they're certainly not like City yeah where they get a second, they go two or three and up, and they go, eh, let's get another one. Like Liverpool are the last season, how they kind of went from nearly runs two years ago to champions last year was they get the lead, start well, they rein it in a bit, they play within themselves, they conserve their energy, they'll try and get a second, they won't kill themselves trying to get it. Jose Mourinho would often go 1 0 up in a game, try and seal, seal the victory, close it out. 
um, maybe catch a few people on the counterattack. So I'm a bit worried with the fact that even though they've lovely appealing fixtures, three of their first, their three first home games are Everton at home, game week one, Newcastle game week three, West Ham game week five. Those are beautiful fixtures yeah, uh, for, for players. It's, it's hard to tell with the Everton, what way Everton are going to show up. Yeah, I think the Everton one's um, probably the trickiest uh, out of their three home matches. They have an away match against Southampton in game week two and an away match against United in game week four. But I do think Everton is probably the, the, the one I'd be the most concerned about uh, going into game week one. Um, because as you said, you just don't know what the Ancelotti effect is is going to, you know, what what's how that's going to transform uh, at the start of the season. Yeah, Everton were rubbish at the start of last year. Fired their manager, brought in Ancelotti, got an immediate bounce off them. They were doing really well. Um, and then they just were kind of crap again then after a while. It just hasn't been consistent. Now, maybe with a, you can say a full preseason under his belt, but is it really a full preseason? It's been a month. Yeah, you've had and Considering that he would have had a month to work with them in the, lo- in the lockdown as well. Or maybe he didn't, I don't know. But yeah, it's a difficult one. Everton are a real mystery, kind of a wait and see. But if they come out of the blocks, you know, really well, like really fast, then uh, Spurs could, might be, you know, people are kind of saying, well, Spurs have got a lovely fixture in game week one. I mean, it's it's good. They're at home. Yeah. Playing Everton, who are inconsistent. Um, yeah, that could be, there could be points there. Do you? And I, I seem to recall that they beat like Everton like 6-2, like, 18 months ago or something like that yeah so that always sticks in the back of my mind but it's just not a Pochettino team so no it isn't uh, so I don't know if we're going to see a 6-2 from a Mourinho side I don't know when the last time we saw that was D- does that mean you're not looking at any Spurs assets well I had Doherty in my team but I've moved him out now to try and uh, accommodate my latest formation my latest tinkering which involves three premiums in the middle spoiler alert yeah. get to that later so I took Doherty out to kind of free up the cash um Really, I had him in there because he he was a Wolves player. And I was considering sticking with him as a Spurs player. I think he still could be good value. Yeah. If he can get around 150 points for 6 million, that's pretty good. It's probably going to be more than any 6 million midfielder will get you. But I kind of want to wait and see. If they're playing in it, we don't. The thing with Spurs is we don't know what formation they're going to play. I think their best formation would be uh, a 3 5 2 with a kind of um, with wing backs and. You know, one like two holding midfielders and then one attacking midfielder. Yeah. That's what I think would be, you know, with Ali behind Son and Kane, something like that, or maybe Lo Celso. Well, I think that's the then, formation now. I'm, I'm probably pretty ignorant when it comes to this kind of stuff, but to the best of my knowledge, that is the formation that they do play with when they're attacking, isn't it? It's a tree at the back and then they push the right winger up or the right wing back up. And that's when they've played with the, the wing backs in the past, they have, especially under. Um, Pochettino yeah. but and you know I think Mourinho might have done it as well you'd have to speak to a Spurs fan to, to know more but it does they have played a 4-4-2 a whole lot more and if, if it looks like they're going to play 4-4-2 with Doherty right back that diminishes his appeal at getting forward like it would have been with Wolves but when you look at and, uh, like Aurier and how he played him so when they were attacking Aurier was given the license to to uh, run up the wing and, push and their winger was cutting inside then so I mean I don't see how I, that seems why they, what they got Doherty for is because he's one of the best in the league at doing that yeah so when they do when they do that if they play four at the back and allow 
Aurier, who looks like he could be going to AC Milan. Yeah. We assume we're assuming he's going to go, and that's why they've got Doherty. But assuming Doherty takes that role and is allowed to get forward more than Ben Davies, who kind of tucks in as a like a third centre back when he goes forward and doesn't go past the halfway line. Even at that, Aurier doesn't get into the same parts of the box. He doesn't get into the six yard box like Doherty used to get into yeah. at Wolves. Like Doherty would turn into a centre forward arriving into the box late when that happened whereas with Aurier Aurier would get up to the edge of the box and get into good crossing positions so I think Doherty's assist potential will still be just as good maybe even better might get I mean I expect Spurs to improve defensively next year because that's what Mourinho is good at organizing so I expect them to get better so there might be more clean sheets but I don't expect as many goals no no because he's not one for striking him from distance he gets into the box and if he's not getting into the box as much then he could still be value but he's the one I would look at uh, I'm not really looking at any of the other Spurs defenders so when they do that by the way this is what I was trying to get at I don't think they're going to play 3-5-2 it will be, still be like a 4-4-2 Son hugs out the left hand side a whole lot unless Kane is injured if Kane's out Son is centre forward otherwise He's out far left a lot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if he's out far left, that's less appealing. Well, so. yeah, spoiler alert, he's sitting in my team, but that's merely as a placeholder. And, you know, when we're looking at the placeholders and looking at the fixtures, I pointed out again before we started recording, Arsenal have, you know, an away match to Fulham to start the season and a home match uh, to West Ham immediately afterwards. I think everyone is and we already alluded to kind of piling on the likes of Aubameyang with the intentions of moving to a Manchester player, be that Fernandes or KDB, after City starts uh, start up again. And basically attacking those two fixtures. And there's a lot of Arsenal love going around. I suppose like when I'm looking at the fixtures list, Fulham, West Ham, that's a, they're nice. I'm going to, I'll, I'll have Aubameyang for that shit. And out of position midfielder by the looks of it, or, you know, forward. Liverpool, Sheffield United and Man City afterwards not looking for for that so much so I suppose it kind of plays into your point that that decision to jump off of Aubameyang becomes quite uh, natural I suppose yeah that's what we were kind of alluding to earlier now I think everyone's just going to be looking at that it's a smart play Mm -hmm. get Aubameyang in for two games you know you don't even need to wildcard him out because he's 12 million you can easily move to any Man City or Man United player if you want to in game week 3 uh, that's my plan. I have to admit it. Like, it's no shame in a minute. It's going to be a popular strategy. It's just I before I saw the fixtures and before the cancellations, I probably was going to go without Aubameyang. Yeah. That this is why it's annoying. I was going to be like, well, I'm just going to have KDB. You know, I'm going to have Bruno or whatever. Um, the difficult decisions would be: I can only do I want to go at one for Man City or two or without a Liverpool midfielder? What do I do? But now it's kind of the decisions taken out of our hands a bit, and yeah. Aubameyang because those first two games was like Fulham away I know it's away but you know Aubameyang is the guy who scores away from home for Fulham and then a home game against West Ham United like they could easily get a hat-trick in both of those games yeah oh he's captain but material for the it, West Ham game like for sure he's going to be I think so yeah. I think so but if you look at it the re- as you mentioned the rest of their fixtures after that are, are very bad two away games in, in game week three and five to Liverpool and Man City worst away games you can have uh, now I know he scored against um, I don't think he scored against Liverpool last season but he scored against City Then he's got a home game against Sheffield United in game week 4 and Leicester in game week 6 not ideal Yeah, uh, Arsenal do look improved but it kind of depends again with Arsenal we don't know exactly how they're going to line up 
Okay, and it's difficult to say because Lacazette could be gone. He could be start. He could be there. Could be starting with Nketiah up front. Um, a lot of talk is that Aubameyang will play the centre forward role this year, and then you're going to have William one side, and then like Pepe on the other side, or who else have they got that can play out there? Saka, Saka or something yeah. like that. So there's a lot of talk of that, but we don't know really. So the charity shield or community shield, as it was, as it's called, he's lined up on the left. Now he still scored, scored a fabulous goal, in fact. So he could easily just stay there all season. And we know he gets returns. If he does that and gets the same returns as he got last year, that's what, 250 points he'll get. That's fabulous. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't argue against him. So I'll, I'll, I'll have him for spells. But yeah, from yeah. game week, I think I identify game week three to seven. I don't like any of those. In fact, the fixtures up there, uh, I would get rid of him. Do who have they got? So Villa leads. Yeah, okay. Just uh, from game week three, four, five, six, seven. Get them back in in game week eight when they're playing uh, Villa and then Leeds. Those are good games. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all easy to say get him back in game week eight. It'll be who do you get rid of for him? I think is going to be the difficult choice come come that stage of the season. But yeah, no, I think uh, you pretty much covered it there with Arsenal. Looking through the other teams with decent fixtures, I mean, I suppose Chelsea, you know, a lot of Chelsea love going around the place at the moment. Away match to Brighton, then a home match against Liverpool, but uh, following that up is away to West Brom, at home to Crystal Palace, and uh, at home to Southampton in game week five. So, pretty decent start. I think the issue, not dissimilar with, uh, dissimilar to the issue with Arsenal, is that what lineup are Chelsea going to be playing? A lot of transfer. Uh, decisions or transfer moves made for them this season this summer uh they're essentially holding up the british transfer market all by themselves just on their back loads of transfers Werner, i think tiago silva havertz i mean there's, there's ones i'm not even sure how done they are but it feels like zish and stuff it's, it feels like they're all done i know zish is there and i'm just not zish is done havertz isn't quite yeah. done yet that's that's yeah. the one I was and chillwell is done chillwell is 50 done. million so you do yeah you have a low you basically have he's ripped out half of his team or replaced half of his team with uh you know all first team kind of contenders at the very least so it's a bit of a wait and see but decent fixtures no yeah yeah good fixtures i mean like to start off with in game week one anyway away to brighton um depends how they settle you know their game week two fixture is a tough one against liverpool now it is at home they showed in after project restart i think what was a 5-3 or 5-2 i think it was 5-3 when they played the liverpool the last day now it was a nothing game chelsea kind of had to win but um, Liverpool didn't so much a lot of goals Pulisic came on if you remember that game tore the place up so they can score and they have improved offensively like they've got a lot of good attacking players in there defensively have they improved well Chilwell is yeah he's an upgrade on Alonso defensively I guess but is he that much of an improvement I don't know I mean he looked like he was going to kick on a couple of years ago he hasn't really and he has games where he looks very good going forward but he's only good you know he's not amazing Thiago Silva I was looking at it I was surprised to learn he's going to be 36 in a couple of weeks time in September so he's going to be 36 at the start of the season how much is he going to be able to play and influence that otherwise they've got you know a defense that's they've got decent defenders they just need somebody to organize them so it's all well and good bringing in Thiago Silva if they don't have a good defensive coach then that mightn't count for much so there could be there could be two or three goals down against Liverpool game week two before you know it. Yeah. Uh, but not focusing too much on that. I mean, their other games either side of it are pretty good. West Brom away, 
Crystal Palace at home, Southampton at home. Those are good fixtures. So I think I want to have someone in there. I think if I'm going to make a punt on my team somewhere, it's going to be a Chelsea player, someone like Werner, which I think a lot of people you know, are in agreement with, or at least think he's underpriced at the very least and might want to just get some Chelsea action, go for him. Yeah, no, completely. I know he's sitting in my draft at the moment. Um, 9.5 scored in his debut preseason friendly there. Um, that's what you want to see. That's kind of what I'm hoping he brings. Like, you remember when Diego Costa came to Chelsea, and now I'm not comparing them as players, but he was a, you know, a fucking dependable striker that you knew what you were getting, and I feel that's kind of going to be the same with Werner. Uh, I, I don't get the sense of a, a Maratta off him, but what the fuck do I know? I'm, I'm sitting here doing an FPL podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's good. He's young. Um, I watched, I was doing a bit of research on him today just to see, you know, his previous season stats and figures and stuff like that. And I ended up watching a compilation of all his goals last year. He's got some good goals in there. They're not all tap-ins. In fact, you know, some are just, you know, good forward play where he breaks the line, gets the ball. A lot of them were one-on-ones and he went around the keeper a lot of times, but a few were where he just smashes the ball in, yeah. you know, from edge of the box and stuff like that. He's a good finisher. So, you know, last year was his breakthrough standout performance up front. He's had a couple of other good seasons too, but last year was the first one where he kind of really stood up and grabbed the world's attention, I think. So, yeah, can he make the next step up to the Premier League and at the next level? And, uh, yeah, I you know, if he can, we'll all be on him. Yeah, no, 100%. As I said, I'm starting with him. Uh, as it looks like, that's that's more than likely the way I'm going to go. Uh, there's a few contenders, I suppose, because I do want at least one premium striker. But uh, I suppose yeah. we'll get to that shit. That's uh, Chelsea, as I said, is more of a wait and see regarding how Lampard sets up the team. and Which is kind of handy, because if you do, like... I think with Werner, he's playing up front and he's got that nice at the that nice fixture at the start against Brighton. If he bangs you in one there, you're not going to worry about a blank against Liverpool, especially with, uh, you know, a bunch of nice ones coming up after it. So I think, you know, you can kind of buy yourself a bit of time there if you want or uh, take mm-hmm. a bit of a gamble. Either way, their fixtures are, are decent. Looking at more kind of budget-friendly teams, I suppose Southampton are the team that kind of stand out to me in terms of both their price and their fixtures. He's kind of got to look at the two of them in tandem. They're not just individual, you know. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple of decent 4.5 defenders, like a keeper. Uh, and then Danny Ings, Mr. Dingling Ings, 8.5. Um, how are you feeling about mm-hmm. Southampton McCarthy? Yeah, I like Southampton. They finished the season well last year. Um, it's, you can get caught up too much looking at end-of-season form going into the next season too much. But considering the only it's only small break this year compared to most years, I think that's more more indicative of what's going to happen. Also, after Project Restart, that came after you know like every team had like you know six weeks off or seven weeks off or whatever it was. So you know another six or seven weeks off, we know they can come straight back into it and start firing all cylinders. I think confidence is up. They beat Swansea, was it seven one only a couple of days ago? Yeah. Um, they all got in amongst the goals. Two goals for Danny Ings, goal for Shea Adams, two goals for Ward Prowse, goal for Redmond, I think a goal for uh, Bertrand. They all kind of got of, assists as well. Assists for Armstrong, who's uh, someone I've kind of yeah, uh, kind of kept my eye on. I'll be monitoring him. But I mean, their fixtures are pretty sweet. Like so, Crystal Palace away from home, Spurs at home, then and then Burnley, West, West Brom, and Chelsea. It's like two toughies. I can see them picking up points in the other three. 
I can see them starting off. I can see them kind of having a season like uh, their second half of last season. I can see them finishing top table. You know, kind of in that kind of you know, well, let's say tenth to twelfth position. You know, considering you know for a lot of last season they were in around the relegation zone. It was their latter half of the form, latter half of the season form that got them out of there. So, I mean, up as high as potentially eighth. But I can see at some stage they'll have a poor spell. I just think they'll start off strong. You know, yeah, they might have a poor spell. Injuries could get them. But uh, I think they're priced um, pretty well. You know, I think they'll keep more clean sheets. They look better defensively. So McCarthy's a great option. Uh, War- Walker Peters is a player that interests me. I won't have both uh, in my team. If I'm going to start probably with a 4.5 keeper. So if they start with McCarthy. Are you I worried have... about Forster coming back? Small bit, a small bit. Uh, he did rest but, McCarthy uh, for gun there, if you remember, uh, one of the games towards the end of last season. Was am I wrong there? He there was a game where I was worried McCarthy was suddenly lost his place again. Mm, I'd have to double check. I don't think he did. I, like at the start of the season, it was gun was in there until they lost. What was that score? Nine two, nine one, eight one against Lee Leicester. What was that score? Uh, yeah, it was uh, 9-1 or something like that. I don't fucking remember. Yeah. yeah, the score, yeah, I think it was 9-1. Yeah. The score was so huge anyway, I've kind of forgotten Even it. though I think it's a but record, that was when remember it. <laughs> it was, I think yeah, I think it's joint with United. I think it's 9-1. So, they dropped gun after that, and McCarthy's been in goals ever since. Forster was up in Celtic. I have heard he's had a good season. Then I've talked to other Celtic fans who said, no, he was still like a bit of a lie. He still looked a bit dodgy at times. So, McCarthy seems to be nailed. Now, if I go McCarthy set and forget, and all of a sudden he's not in there game week one, I'm screwed. Yeah. So that is a bit of a worry. But by all means, everyone I've discussed it with seems to be de- you know, determined that um, McCarthy's nailed. So I-, I might go with him. If I don't go with him uh, and I decide to go with uh, Ryan, who's another 4.5, who's priced you know, really well, I think he'll prove value. Like He starts off against Chelsea in game week one. Not the ideal kind of scenario to start off with. Uh, they are at home, and he will get a lot of save points uh, usually against uh, big teams. So I might just go for that anyway. But I'm going to go for one of them, set and forget. If I go Ryan, I can at least go Ryan Button. If I do that, I'll probably have Walker Peters in because uh, Southampton's fixtures are pretty good. While not outstanding, I think they'll do well. Um, yeah, they're yeah. not outstanding. The other, the, Is there another team, sorry, you going to say? I was just going to say the only other teams that really stand out for me are Wolves. Um, Second game of the season against Man City, not great. But they beat Wolves, uh, Man City, Wolves beat Man City twice last year. So I think that could be okay. Sheffield United away, again, not great. But Wolves are just that team. You can get good players in. I can see them they're all Sheffield United uh, way. Do you know? like they're, they're a good quality team, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be a tough game, probably, uh, first game of the season. But I can see them winning 1-0, him and his goal. You know? I'd like the, I like their defense. Um, Darty gone now means they'll have to look at other options there. So I'll probably have a defender in I there. I think like from game probably Vinagra. Yeah, Vinagra is the one that everyone seems to be focused on. I definitely for four point five. I know there's a couple of transfers with like left backs and full backs at the moment, especially with uh, Doherty um, being transferred out. So it'll be interesting to see which way they're, what they're going to do there. How are they going to replace it? But it's really from game week three that I think Wolves fixtures pick up. You know. Yeah. They're savage from there. So you're going to want to get them in. I don't want to be booking in transfers for these guys. So I think I'll just get them in. And um, if I, I may not have Jimenez because the way my lineup is going at the minute, it's going to have one premium striker. It's Werner at the minute. It could be Ings or it could be 
Jimenez. I had Vardy in there for a while, but I could, can't afford him now anymore with my latest strategy. Uh, so, yeah, I do really like Wolves. Um, they're they're kind of like Liverpool. They're a bit fixture-proof. Again, Liverpool, not many people mention him because they're like, oh, they've got Chelsea in game week two, Arsenal in game week three. This is the team that steamrolled the league last year until like people look at their project restart a whole lot and go, they weren't great after that. Yeah, they took their eye off the the ball. You know, they kind of they took the foot off the gas. They won the league. They were celebrating. Let yeah. them. You know, if, yeah. If anyone thinks they're just not going to come into this season fully focused and do exact try and do exactly what they did last year, they know what to do now. Um, they're not the bookies' favorites to win. Remarkably, City are. I assume. Um, City are. Yeah, I think I mean, City are making City, a lot so. of strike uh, signings, but I think I'd be I'd be if I had to bet, I think City will take it this year. Yeah. But just because I think City are kind of a better team, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, City underperformed last year. They did. That's what I'm. Oh, that's okay. what I'm kind of basing it on. Is I think City. I just don't see City losing as many matches as they lost last year. I think he's going to remedy that. Uh, I think it was like. Well, what was the difference? It was 19 points in the end. In in difference, was that right? Could, Am I? I have 19 in my head. Could be wrong. You could be right. I don't remember. I don't remember these so, numbers, Seamus. That's a lot of points now. The stats will show that Liverpool scored more than their XG. Man City can see or scored less than their XG, and they Man City or Liverpool scored like uh, are conceded way less than their XG uh, conceded would have said. So you know, if you were to take it on that, this is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, you know, they should have won, but I don't know if that's going to actually true or not. Well, look, it, it is true technically based on that, but there's. Not everything can be captured next year. Yeah, I think though, in regards yeah, there's, there's, to like FPL and in terms of people looking over, looking past Liverpool, it could be more so that they take Liverpool for granted. Now, don't get me wrong; you're right in regards to. I'm hearing murmurings of Salah being questioned as an option. I'm I'm hearing so little of Mane, so I'm just you know, it's basically all Salah talking. Do we even need him? So I think the closer we get, there'll be a few brave souls that will start questioning Liverpool completely and you're, you're spot on to to say like look after the first two fixtures they're, they're not they're not amazing or well Leeds is a pretty decent fixture I think it'll be tough but it's the game week two and three with Chelsea and Arsenal that are going to throw people off but again Liverpool can easily beat Chelsea two or three nil like that that wouldn't shock you I don't think you know no no absolutely not and uh, I yeah I just think uh I just think I would like uh, a piece of... If everyone's kind of going off Liverpool and kind of questioning them, I'm thinking maybe tripling up on uh, Liverpool for game week one yeah. against Leeds. Okay. Leeds will be good, but you know, a lot of people are predicting Leeds to finish maybe as high as 10th this year because they were so good in the championship the last couple of seasons. And maybe they will. Maybe they do Sheffield United, but Sheffield United still... Got, Sheffield you know, United could still do a Sheffield United, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I I yeah. get you, and uh, I do. I look forward to seeing how how Leeds do. I hope that they play the kind of football I hear. I mean, I'm going to just confess straight up ignorance in terms of the championship. Yeah, I'll catch a few matches here and there and catch the playoffs, but I don't watch that shit week in week out at all. So I don't. I'd be lying if I knew what to expect from Leeds. But I'm just hoping based on what I'm, you know, the buzz about them, that they're half as good as people are, are talking about. But that's the good fixtures, Seamus, or the, good, the teams with decent fixtures, I should say. What about, before we move on, we won't go into too much, but there's there's a, a couple of teams there with absolute stinking run of opening fixtures for themselves. And I think, first and foremost, you got to be looking at West Ham. 
I think that's the t- the name that the team that everyone thinks when they are going who's <laughs> who's got a who got a bad dose of it this season and not a terrible opening fixture home match against Newcastle United. You're thinking, okay, I can see them. You know, I can see FPL managers wanting to target that match. But then, not so long after it, Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, City, Liverpool. It's just one shit show after another for them. All the way up until game week uh, eight or nine, game week nine, you know, when they have a Sheffield United, or game week eight when they have Fulham. So, yeah. I mean, that first game doesn't look too bad, but if they don't get three points in that, (laughs) I mean, even if they do get three points in that, how many points can you see them having after seven? If they have seven points after seven games, you're doing well. If they have three points they're doing after, really well after, after seven games, I think they're doing well. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's see. You know, they've... Moyes is still there. I haven't heard anything about them replacing the manager, so Moyes, I guess, is still the manager. I'm pretty sure he was, um, He was like, kind of told if he keeps them up, he won't be replaced like he was last time. You know, I think that's fair that, enough. Exactly. Uh, but then the fixtures came out, and that's. I feel like that's going to have decided for him. There's, I can't see any way... Moyes is going to get, um, you know, I don't think he's got the tactical acumen to, to get enough points out of those. I can see him fired after seven games. Yeah, well. Sorry, sorry, Davey, but that's my own opinion. They've definitely got the worst one, even despite that. Newcastle aren't exactly going to just give them a win game, you know, game week one just because, you know, they're at home. Newcastle will try and be tough to beat, and that could be nil all or something. Who knows? But, yeah, that's the worst of them. That's even worse than the teams with the blanks. There's four other teams with blanks. There is. And you have to kind of rate them in order of how bad the team are then and Aston Villa are the worst of the, those four teams uh, they start off with Sheffield United at home they've also got Liverpool and Leicester in their first five so they haven't got they've only got two decent fixtures Fulham away and Leeds at home in their first six yeah. other than that they're all pretty tough I mean you could say Sheffield United um, at home isn't too bad but like it took a VAR decision against them uh, last season to get anything out of that game. I believe that was so. a Hawkeye decision, not VAR. We can't blame that one on VAR. That was ah, you know what I mean. I, <laughs> I don't know which piece of equipment we blame, yeah. but basically, yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't working. Yeah, uh, yeah that's it. and uh, Burnley is a shame because yeah, Pope would have been a genuine consideration as a keeper this year. Game week one, you know, have him in your team, but no one's going to pick a. I like personally, I'm not picking a 5.5 keeper and then putting picking another 4.5 player to play in game week one i'm not using a goalkeeper transfer and i don't want to commit that much money to my keepers so yeah and then they play leicester in game week two uh it's a bit of a shame it is, it is. i think it like you know if you invested heavily heavily in the back with premium defensive options like Matt Doherty or maybe double liverpool defense uh and you wanted to come down to someone like a charlie taylor who's a 4.5 in and around game week three or four, just that's not a bad time to do it. I think that'll be the saving grace for Burnley assets is that you can get into the defense relatively cheap, and they have you know okay fixtures after the blank and Leicester. Um, you know, I think you could pretty much make room for a four point five defender there. So, I suppose if I if I do end up going with maybe Boat Robertson and a Trent, and I want and I want to come off a of Liverpool. Uh, you know, I want to save some cash to kind of take advantage of the men United and Manchester City players coming back. Then you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be bothered uh, with getting a Burnley defender in after game week two. No, yeah, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't disagree too much. I mean, I want to see which defenders are going to start. Like Taylor's and Peters, Taylor and Peters are always seem to be kind of rotating at left yeah. back. Barzi seems to be in at right back now ahead of Loughton or Loughton. I'm not sure how long that's going to last. It's just hard because uh, with 
COVID and with, you know, game week one, I'm going to have people on the bench who are just like non-playing players. I'm not really going to be able to carry people who are just like more than one player in a team who may be dropped out of it all of a sudden. Because like if I have someone like Charlie Taylor and he doesn't play, I could have 10 players that, that following week. So it's not something I want to do until I see it. So maybe a couple of games might help us. Of the other teams that are remaining, Man United have actually great fixtures. Crystal Palace at home, Brighton away, Spurs at home, not that great. Newcastle, like then the rest of the games are pretty good. Uh, Man City's isn't the easiest. They've got Wolves, Leicester and Arsenal in game weeks 2, 3 and 5, as well as that blank in game week 1. So those are all tough games. Yeah, no, I agree you with know? you. And I mean, especially if Leeds do turn into or the Sheffield United of this season, you know, that's Wolves. Uh, like that, And if you take that Leeds match out of it, then there's only basically the West Ham fixture in game week yeah. you know, 5 that you'd really want I, to target. As soon as I said, I kind of wanted to correct myself. I'm like, well, like they did spank Leicester last year. Then they beat them four or five nil. So they know they can do it at home, yeah. um, especially you know at home. And Leicester, they've done it against them. And Arsenal, they usually do really well against Arsenal. Although Arsenal did beat them in the FA Cup. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it just looks bad on paper, but that Wolves game is still not a great game. That's a ding. I mean, especially with the blank preceding it. If they lose to Wolves and people haven't jumped on City assets immediately, then you might be looking at that Leicester game and going, mm, you know, and that's what I mean. I meant at the start of the show when I was talking about it could fuck up, you know, people who don't stick to their plans. You know, they might second guess themselves, you know, kind of start uh, kind of forgetting everything that they read throughout preseason and just kind of going, kind of getting blinded by the first one or two matches, especially, you know, a blank for City. But look, we won't get bogged down yeah. the fixtures any longer. I think it's about time we threw this out to the audience and uh yeah we've got a couple of questions in this week and questions can only mean one thing Seamus it's the drug tank yes sir it is and we have we put through that earlier a lot of questions and I think the first question have you got it up there Jer is from DD my production wizardry is up yeah yes excellent uh that's from DD at DD one nine seventy eight a and he says morning gents uh this season i'm going with two starting keepers in my squad going to rotate mccarty and martinez me thinks you think this is a better option than set and forget keeper with no real backup and also what's your favorite cheese and i think we should answer that second part first favorite cheese jer uh i thought about this long and hard today this question came in pretty early this morning and I've been prepping this episode for the whole day and to be honest with you, all that's been in the back of my mind is what is my favourite cheese? And I think it's because I'm a little disappointed it's cheddar. Uh, it's I really wanted to come up with something that was, you know, not as cheddar <laughs> as as acceptable <laughs> or as a mainstream and as common as muck as a good old cheddar. But no, I, I won't lie, that's where my heart lies. I've been seduced by a German not so long ago and uh when i was over visiting her homeland there was uh you know edam and leerdammer and all these fucking cheeses gouda that i'd never fucking heard of and getting cheddar over there was a nightmare and uh yeah i tried a few and you know what i always came home so for me it's cheddar it's the unmistakable noble cheddar cheese damn this is kind of disappointing i was kind of hoping you'd say something you know different um, I'm partial yeah, to, a, I mean, to a halloumi. I like a bit of halloumi. 
Yeah, halloumi's okay. And, uh, you know, mozzarella when you're going pizza. You, like, I feel like mozzarella is mozzarella. the bastard child of cheddar, you know, to me. Uh, <laughs> but no, look, for me, it's cheddar as well. Fuck it. Uh, now I feel kind of disappointed. I feel like we should have different answers. But look, cheddar's the best. White cheddar. Dubliner specifically. Got if you ever get that Dublin, Dubliner vintage oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, that is... Man, that's like... That's honestly like cocaine or something. It's, you've like, clearly never had cocaine. <laughs> Uh, I don't need to because I've got, I've, got. I get this vintage, this vintage Dubliner cheddar cheese. Grind that up amazing. into a powder. Boom. It's white cheddar. It's uh, yeah. It's made. It's got. I think it's got like some stout in it or something like that. Oh, it's amazing. My wife spent the summer working um, for Kerry, mm-hmm. and they are the guys who do that. So she was like had like access to all this cheese, and we literally spent the whole summer just eating this cheese. And ever since then, I can't go back to eating crap cheese. I can only eat this cheese. Everything else is just like. This is just muck. Yeah. But yeah, real Irish cheddar. Love it. There you go. I'll eat that shit by itself. You know, <laughs> just 52 slices of American cheese. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. But there you go. There's your answer, Didi. I'm pretty sure that was all you really wanted to know. We can skip the. That FBI. was the main question. That was the main one, right. Yeah. But I th- no, we have to we have to address this keepers thing because I, I can't get on board with spending. What's Martinez is five million. And no, is he? McCarthy's four point yeah he's five million and McCarthy's four point five that's nine point five on two keepers yeah well, I'm not sure I like that I definitely uh, would be not I wouldn't be starting the season with Martinez not with Leno sitting on the bench currently we saw Martinez kept the number one spot for the Community Shield and that's all well and good and it might be his to lose but you do not want to be making a goalkeeper decision. Or having to use a transfer on a goalkeeper so early in the season. Now I get you. You have McCarthy there, or McCarthy would cover Martinez. But then why you pay five million if he's not the one you you kind of plan on starting? You know. So I wouldn't. I'm not. No, I, I had Martinez in my thoughts. I've kind of put him uh, to the side now after the Community Shield. McCarthy, I think is a is a solid pick. It's just a question of whether I go McCarthy in goals or Kyle Walker Peters in defence because I won't be doubling up on Southampton. But Jim, yeah. Go the thing with the thing with keepers, um, I don't like the rotation. And look, you, there's a lot of this on Twitter. I've seen a lot of people saying it, and it's because people have been playing many years, and people find it really hard to nail rotating keepers. Because yeah, you rotate and you play your home keeper, and you play the keeper who isn't playing Man United or Chelsea or whatever. Martinez is and while 4.5, you're, just to let you know, just to cut across. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. No way! Just double check the bro. Just double check the bro. I'm so I'm normally so good with prices. Yeah. Is he actually four point five? Four point five. So I didn't want to cut you across, but I do think you know Damn. that's why I was looking at him, and he could be a fucking amazing option. Uh, I know, like Arsenal have two four point five hmm. options with him and Saliba, and both I'm looking to see, or Saliba, how you pronounce it, and both I'm looking to see, you know, if they can kind of cement a position. Yeah. But sorry to cut across you, James. You just you needed to no, be corrected. No, no, that's uh that that does make a big difference. If I thought Martinez was nailed, I'd be kind of in favor of that then as an option because I'm not against um Ryan and McCarthy as options like rotating keepers. I think until you decide who you want, but I don't want to use a transfer. Uh, I I think you're just going to get more out of your squad by having a 4.0 set and forget second keeper. Uh especially if you go Ryan and Button because Ryan doesn't play Button's going to play. Yeah. You know, whereas if you have McCarthy and Button, if McCarthy is suddenly dropped for gun all of a sudden or Forster, then you know maybe you're kind of you're not going to have Button playing, so you're kind of stuck. And none of the other 4.0s we don't think are going to play. 
I mean, Heaton seems to be out for a couple of weeks for Aston Villa, yeah, no. but they don't play in game week one anyway. And I think so uh, if you find Aston Villa are trying to get Martinez. I've heard rumours of, of them trying to sign Martinez because if, if he isn't going to be guaranteed number one spot, and maybe Leno wants it, you know, uh, and isn't going to be happy, then uh, we could see Villa picking him up for, you know, a, a few bob. Yeah. Martinez as well has been rumoured to, to be going to Leeds, or at least wanted by Leeds. Biesla apparently really likes him. So... Yeah, if that happens, I'd be interested. But uh, just for my own past experience, and everyone else seems to have be saying this as well. Yeah, very hard to nail that because you actually want your set and forget keeper. You want the likes. Look at how many points Nick Pope, um, Foster, uh, sorry Foster and Henderson and stuff like that got against Man City last year. All it takes is a penalty save. You can rack up, you can rack up nine saves. You could still lose three one or two one. Or one, you know, something like that. One nil, make a load of saves. You can still end up getting a couple of bonus points. Could get end up with a ten or eleven pointer. So you don't want to just bench whoever against uh, big teams. You know, your 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 budget keeper against yeah big teams. Yeah. If you think there's saves in them, play them because you never know. It could be that game where Man City just keep hitting the post. We'd be Liverpool can't score. No, hundred percent. We'll be rooting for you anyway, DD. Uh, yeah. So our next question. I believe. Yeah, that, yeah. Go for it. Our next question is uh, from Tom Moriarty. And uh, he says, how will the new signing Van, Den, or Van de Beek limit game time for Greenwood and Bruno, if at all? Uh, is Bruno essential or will Greenwood offer acceptable coverage at a £3 million saving? What are you guys doing, Re Martial, Bruno, Rashford, Greenwood for the blank game week one and beyond? Oh, after drinking some undiluted double strength cordial. Oh fuck me! <laughs> Sip a beer. I just thought you didn't like uh, Tom's uh, <laughs> Tom's question. question. No, no. The way you're reacting. I thought it was the end of my drink, but it's not. Sip a sip a hard seltzer to the working man this evening. But yeah, I had a bit of a little bit of fucking cordial at the bottom to numb the sparkling water taste, and oh, this is tastes like a thousand dicks. But um, yeah, so Tom. You're all about Man United. What were you saying, Seamus? That he's a closet Man United fan, um, and he's a pretending to like Leeds. Is that what it was? Well, he's a he's a Leeds fan apparently, but he's just so about United in this question. I'm thinking, you know, he could be uh, doing a bit of a chieftain here and have uh, his Man United jersey underneath oh, yeah. his Leeds. That's, that's... I mean, there's only one United jersey. We all know that. Yeah, there's only one United in the whole of the English divisions. Uh, but looking at them, it's a fair question. I think the Van de Beek signing. I'm going to, again, claim a bit of ignorance. I feel like I've been doing this since I hit record. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll am i be interested to see how he goes. I don't think he's going to take any minutes off of Fernandez at all. I think Fernandez is the first name on Solskjaer's team sheet um, every every Definitely. week. Agreed. I'll just be Maybe just rest him. Uh, I think 100% first name in the team sheet every week is Fernandez. So if you're any bit interested in him, I wouldn't let Van de Beek put you off. Greenwood, um, again, I don't know what's going to happen with with Greenwood and Van Der Beek, but I can't imagine them kind of taking too much time. Isn't Van Der Beek a central midfielder? He's a central midfielder. He kind of plays kind of, you know, he can be box to box or he can play kind of more attacking central midfielder. He, yeah, he could fit in that Bruno role, but again, like you can't see any way that Ole would drop Bruno or push Bruno out to the right or move him to a different position to accommodate uh, Van de Beek. Van de Beek, as far as I can see, is coming in to play alongside uh, Pogba or kind of 
to just offer extra coverage. He can kind of play on the right as well a bit if uh, he needs to. I think he's just kind of a, a squad player. I think he'll get plenty of minutes, but look, it's late in the season. Season starting very soon. I can't see him starting game week one. I think Greenwood is going to be, unless they sign Sancho or a winger, yeah, there's talk of Grealish now again. Unless they sign one another player, I think Greenwood's nailed on the right. I think he's going to be excellent value. Is he good cover for Bruno at three million? No. I don't think so. I think I'd I'd rather have both. If I yeah personally, I mean I don't think I would go both, but I would go both instead of having just Greenwood. Put it that way, you know. Not both in game week one, but I mean uh, when their fixtures are good, when they're you know if. I've seen some drafts that have Greenwood on the bench in game week one, and then people are talking about, you know, maybe going from Salah or Mane to um, Bruno in game week two. And I don't think that's a bad option. I think I'd like both because they're not going to take minutes off each other. Um, I think for 7.5, there's no one really in that 7.5 or 7 million or 6.5 bracket that seems that interesting to me apart from Greenwood. So I still don't like benching players in game week one. Um, that don't have, have a fixture. Well, I don't think I'm going to start. I'm going to start with no Man City players or Man United players or Villa or Burnley players. Maybe I might start with a Burnley player, but you know, that could be somebody on the bench like Charlie Taylor. I don't mind benching 4.5. I don't want to bench more than 4.5. I wouldn't. Um, I'd use my transfers to get him in. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be inclined to have a player like sitting on my bench and game week one. That is 7 million for that price, but I am, fully aware that there's plenty of kind of decent 4.5 options this season and you know yourself you can always get a cheeky clean sheet i mean there's plenty of options in game week one in regards to like finagra 4.5 maybe wolves uh, keep a clean sheet do you know what i mean like little things like that i don't think it's uh, a cardinal sin put it that way it's not like yeah. uh, you're investing a lot of money over multiple game weeks it's just a one you know i mean i'm, I'm here i'm so here you- wackier shit like not having a team in game week one and then having the ultimate team for game week two. What are you fucking talking about, man? Oh, no, I don't want to get into talking about those uh, those discussions starting in game week two because there's always one or two teams at the end of the season that are still ahead of you and are like, how did you finish ahead of me if you didn't start in game week one? There's always one or two, but that's I don't, yeah. outliers, as I'll always say. Um, look, so what, like, I've already said, I think, I don't think Bruno's essential. I think I really, really want him. I think United are going to get a lot of penalties. I think he's going to get 250 points this year. I think his price is he's priced really well. And I've already said I'm not going to have any players in my game week one. Bruno, Rashford, Greenwood, Martial. Not worried about the impact fan that Beak is having. But you, you yourself there. Bruno, essential. You're going to have any of these guys in game week one? I was thinking of starting, you're going to plan a, to get them starting a charity chair this season. And every time he said the word essential, we'd have to put like a euro in it. No, but in the season we donate it. But um, no, I don't think Bruno's essential. I've learned from last season um, that there is no such thing as essential. I've uh, seen plenty of people with you know didn't have certain players that I would have considered essential last year, and they came millions and millions and millions of fucking spots above me. So I'm concerned that, or I'm I'm convinced that essential doesn't exist. But I do think Bruno is basically everything, every single bit of play. Uh, or every single you know bit of attacking kind of uh, potency is coming through him. I think he's the one that will be spreading it out to Rashford, Martial, all of those. He's on penalties. That's a massive thing. Uh, the fact that, he, especially when you consider United's twenty-two penalties last season, so him being on penalties, I'm ninety percent sure he's locked uh, over Rashford. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. 
I, I'll be getting him straight in for Son, put it that way. That's kind of my plan, is to go off of Son to Fernandez. I think he's just going to be, you know, as close to KDB for United as, as we're going to get. And does that mean you're keeping money in the bank, or does that mean you're going to take a hit and get me to? I'm keeping one million in the bank, and I'm keeping, and I'll make, I'll save 0.5 from going uh, Bamiang down to um, KDB. So that'll give me the money to upgrade Sun to Bruno for 10.5. Assuming I don't get fucked by Bruno. When are you, what week are you going to do that? Are you going to do that in game week two against Crystal Palace? No, I'll later? probably do it in game week three. Yeah, maybe maybe okay. I'll do the KDB move first. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to pigeonhole myself right now. I'm still kind of, I'm I'm loosey goosey, Seamus. I, I'm I can be wooed, but they're my they're my feelings on on the Manchester, the red side of Manchester, and I think we've discussed the blue side quite a bit as well. Actually, looking at it, we need to make a, a mm-hmm. fucking move on with these questions. We've been jabbering yeah. for like fifteen minutes already. But uh, thanks, Tom. Thanks for the question. And uh, up next, Seamus, we have. FPL era and uh, that's at FPL underscore era uh, good bloke he's saying Isaka being overlooked ahead of uh, say Maximum and Armstrong he hasn't seen them in any drafts yet at all um, I've seen Saka in a few drafts and I think Saka is a, a good option but I there's too many unknowns at Arsenal um, I don't know where Aubameyang is going to line up will he be through the centre will he be on the left because if he's on the left I don't think Saka is going to play too much he can play on the right but he's left footed will they play with three centre backs and wing backs, will they play fourth back? I don't know. And until I know more, I'm not going to start with him. He could be a good option, but um, I think he's yeah he's definitely as good an option as Saint Maximum or Armstrong. Put it that way. I think the disadvantages to Saka aren't necessarily the disadvantages of the other two lads, although rotation is certainly one of them. Maybe not so much for Saint Maximum, but Armstrong isn't guaranteed his place at all. Um, and there's going to be competition from the likes of. Small bone as well, apparently, especially with Howieberg being gone now from Southampton, he could push Armstrong back more into centre. But I think Saka has um, the advantages of being with a far superior attacking team, where at least potentially I think in Arsenal. Um, yeah. But as far more explosive. Far more explosive. I have a lot of good faith uh, from Saka because of, I had him in the double game week there or the first return I believe like uh, the project restart and he got his 11 point return for I think he was like 5 million or 4.5 I can't remember but that's put him in good stead with me so I'm not gonna I definitely wouldn't be against Eras kind of you know him spotting him there 5.5 but we did kind of touch on Arsenal having two nice fixtures and then they kind of turned to muck a little bit so that that's what would put me off Um, but no for that price I think he's one the same. You know, you take a bit of a punt. I think he'll be. I think he'll be great value over the season. Um, what I want to avoid myself, he's only seven point six percent owned. What I want to avoid myself at the start of the season is getting players who are likely going to have high ownership and then may see a price drop. So I don't want to get in him and then find him go down to five point four because that would piss me off. So I may avoid him. Yeah. I mean, that being said, That's a good point. I'm going to get say maximum who has got higher ownership. I like him. He's eighteen point four percent. Um, but I think I'm happy just to keep him as my fifth one, and I think he will provide points. Maybe I should be. I mean, I think he Saka is being overlooked. Yeah. But I just I know Maximum will play every game, and I don't know that with Saka, and I don't think I'm going to have the bench to carry players who may not play. Yeah. Um, maybe I can carry one. If I carry one, I might punt it on Saka, but I haven't decided yet. Fair enough, fair enough. I hope that answers that question for you, Era. And just before we move on, I would like to point out that his Twitter logo is probably one of my favorites in regards to 
that simple turning the lion's head upside down, adding a little E at the end, and you got yourself a, a fantastic logo. But uh, next question, Seamus. Next question. Okay. Next question is uh, Beery. That's at FPL underscore Beery. Which sub six million mid is the best choice to start the season? So that kind of ties in a small bit with the last question from Era. Um, we've mentioned three of them there: Saka, Armstrong, and Saint Maximum. Currently, Saint Maximum is in my team. I think Armstrong's a great option too. I don't agree to the same extent. I think uh, he's obviously not nailed in the Southampton team, but I think he's uh, definitely first choice. Do you think so? At the moment, when they play when they play four four two, I mean, I think he played every game after Project Restart. Bar maybe one, mm. but I think other than that, it's he started more. it's one I'll be monitoring. I think there's a couple of friendlies, you know, you know, due in the next two weeks or so before kickoff, and he's definitely one of the players I'll be monitoring for starts and and minutes, you know, because I assume if he's kept his position, they're gonna want him kind of getting a bit of a warm up. So I'll be watching that one. But um, yeah, we talked we talked about Saint Maximum. There's one we haven't talked about. Another Newcastle player, Richie. He's one sub-6 million midfielder that I kind of had uh, my eye on. And when we flashed each other before the start of the show, uh, we were both surprised to learn that uh, we both had Richie. I can't believe he's in your team. I know. Because I, Su- I had Suchek, who I like as a season player, but we mentioned West Ham's awful fixtures. And I'm not getting Suchek only to see him go down in price. Yeah. I mentioned <laughs> my pet peeve for that as well. So I'm not getting Suchek because I think he'll definitely drop to at least 49 Unless he gets like a couple of goals in these horrible fixtures, which he could, because he scores goals from set pieces. But uh, assuming he doesn't do well and he's got decent ownership, he'll go down. Whereas Richie's ownership, what is it? Let me check my team. It's under a percent. Yeah. Uh, he's on penalties. They've got two nice fixtures. I don't. He'll be my fifth midfielder. I don't mind keeping him on the bench at all. So I do think he's pretty good. I um. I, I can't give out about him anyone else in midfield for six million and under that you like i'm just going to pull them up here sorry um, about all the clicking i would maybe pay there is like one i've got my eye on so i'm looking i was looking at 4.5s i'm not necessarily endorsing uh going 4.5 in in the mids because there's a lot of there's a lot of options out there but if you were to sacrifice your fifth midfielder to a 4.5 option it's actually kind of tough uh looking through them like uh, Stevens was one I was settling on, but I'm not even sure how guaranteed to start he is. But Fulham have recently purchased Harrison Reed, I think is his name, from Southampton. And he was on loan last season at uh, Fulham. So he's pretty much like nailed 4.5 midfielder. So that's one I would just like to draw people's attention to. Uh, I think uh, Tinkerman at uh, Dara, the Tinkerman uh, online, he he's a big Fulham head and he was mentioning him as a pretty much nailed on starter. So 4.5, that's an option right there. I'm not saying, you know, uh, it's more for if you need to enable uh, a few pounds to invest elsewhere. But yeah, I'm not, um, I'm just not a fan of, um, 4.5 any of the 4.5s really uh one a couple that like look pretty good but the rotation is the killer here would be Pudence and Neto for for Wolves um they brought Pudence in January came in made a big impact looked really good in some games seems to be liked and uh yeah I just so I can't tell between I mean they're basically you've got him as a front and then you've got Jota you've got Traore you've got Neto and you've got Pudence four players fighting out for two positions so if Traore goes to a right wing back kind of role, then 
maybe that solves that uh, a small bit and you've got three players fighting for two maybe that makes it frees it up a bit i don't know so that is a wait and see um i don't really like that for you know for that price and then you look at the rest of them. mcneil for burnley six million yeah points in the season he'll be okay or prowse 6.0 again five goals four assists or four goals five assists same as armstrong incidentally after a lot more minutes and on set pieces uh i can't go for can't advertise or promote any of the liverpool midfielders at 5.5 because that's taken up a liverpool spot Moutinho could be okay and trossard if the situation is okay fixture wise i mean i haven't even looked at Brighton too much. Well, now that you've listed I mean, off every sub six million midfielder, I'm sure he'll have plenty to choose from. <laughs> well, there's a whole lot more there, but no, I mean, maybe Trossard at some stage, but uh, there's nothing great in there. I don't think. I think it's a. It's a tough. That's match. why everyone's looking at the same players. Yeah. You know, say Maxim is somebody you could sit and keep on. I don't think you want to be using too many transfers on that kind of five point five price bracket. So get someone you know, someone who looked good last year didn't get great attacking numbers you think is going to improve and say maximum meets that bill perfectly as far as i can see and maybe armstrong if he can kick on a bit as well agreed agreed next in line seamus who's in the firing line next up we've got fpl rubber ducky at fpl underscore rubber ducky how many untested players would you normally gamble on in your game week one squad uh it obviously depends but in general like i'd be keeping that to one two i mean there's a few like in uh, currently in my squad i think the likes of Werner. i suppose he's he's an untested player in the epl i'm taking a bit of a gamble on him he'd be you know it's a pretty big punt i think uh considering you know we don't have uh, a lot of knowledge on on how chelsea are going to line up and as we said you know how he's going to adapt to the premier league but yeah, I try to keep it to one. Maybe a, a couple of like a cheap defender or two isn't going to bother me too much. What about you? Yeah, again, it's the same. I, Werner's my team right now. I don't normally like to punt on new, would say premium players or mid-price to premium players that sign for big teams like you know United sign Memphis Depay that time or Angel Di Maria. I'm not like get them in my team. If they're new to the league. I want to give them time to adapt. Um, if they've come from like when Van Persie came from Arsenal to United, yeah, straight in my team because I know he can do it in the Premier League. But it's different for new players. So I'm thinking Werner looks good. I might go for him or I might go for Ziyech. I definitely won't go for both. It's too much risk. Um, I can endorse a second risky 4.5 defender, kind of like what you said. So I'm on the same page. I don't want to take a risk on a goalkeeper too much unless I see a team coming up that I know has got amazing defensive stats. Like last year, Henderson was somebody for Sheffield United. It was kind of like, these guys These guys could be okay here. Um, yeah. So just one, maybe. So, same as myself, really. Like the, You can take your punt. I wouldn't worry too much about defenders, but yeah, one, maybe. That would be the many, how many I'd go with. Yeah, if, yeah one. One <laughs> in, in the midfield and forwards. Like if, if I was going for tried and trusted, if I was going for Jimenez up front, I might make my fourth... Uh, midfielder yeah. or second striker uh, a punt I might go you know what let's see if this Pereira guy for West Brom is any good as my 6.0 fourth midfielder and but, speaking of West Brom no I'm just kidding we're not going to waste any time talking about West Brom here uh, but we will move on to the next question I'm conscious of time here Seamus yeah yeah we gotta we gotta focus on time we spent too much waffling at the start but uh, next question is from uh, FPL Rogue at FPL Rogue and he is asked, look, Kane is synonymous with no goals in August, but are we? But since we are starting in September, 
Um, is the August gold drought due to cane starting slow, do we think? So will the same dynamic happen now that we're starting in September? Compounded by his 14-day quarantine, will he be 14 days behind the rest? Yeah, I think uh, playing for Mourinho as an attacking player will feel like you're 14 days behind the rest, uh, for sure. We kind of have touched on that at the top of the show about how and how everyone fucking... It's called the Mourinho effect, for Christ's sake. They, they've named it, you know? So, like... Uh, well, you've named it. Well, I've, I, I've, I read. I, I can read, I'll have you know. But, uh, Lies. Yeah, no. Lies. I'm not too worried uh, about any of that shit in regards to, you know, not scoring in August or doing really well against a specific team for Troy's career. I don't really kind of buy into it. I think there's too many variables. Uh, Kane scored in August last year, I believe. And uh, I know... Last last two seasons in a row, he's got goals in August. Um, so, I mean, it's not a thing anymore. I, I mean, it was, but then he was younger at the time. But then I'd be more worried about, as Roke goes on to say, like he's 14-day quarantine. That's something that would... You know, prob- because there isn't much time to, you know, to train anyway. Uh, you know, there isn't a whole lot of preseason. Uh, I don't know. I would be a, little, a tad concerned about it. But at the same time, his price tag is probably, you know, putting me off more than... Uh, even though he's the cheapest he's been in ages, I think, for what he can do. 10.5 is great. But, uh, you know, with Sun coming in at 9, I think there's, uh, there's too much of a it's difference. It's still as there. much... Yeah, it's still as much money as you can spend in a striker in the game. You know, only him and Aguero are 10.5. No one's more expensive as a striker. I do feel like he does start off slow when he comes back from injuries. Yeah. And maybe he started off slow in pre-seasons in the past. I think he's worked on that the last couple of seasons because he was very conscious of not getting goals in August. And I think he knows how to start pre-season or start a season strongly. Will the 14-day quarantine period affect him? I don't know because we've never had these quarantine periods before. So maybe it will, but it's not going to be just Kane that's going to be affected by that. There's talk of Germany playing Switzerland um like in like the like I can't remember what day, like the 1st of September. So if they play on that date, then the German players who play with Chelsea like Werner may miss the first game of the season and things like that if they have to quarantine. But do they have to quarantine? I don't know. I don't really know how it works. I um I'm probably going to avoid Spurs, but it's more so because not only do the Mourinho effect, which you spoke of, but the fact that uh, they've got so many games coming up in quick succession. They've got to qualify for Europa League through the uh, qualifying round. So that's put in an extra few games as well as international breaks and uh, cup competitions. So... They could just have a lot of games, and uh, if he does start off slow, he'll get up to speed pretty quick with all those games, so... That's true. I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather Kane than Son. I think just because he plays more central, and he did kind of get back amongst the goals by the end of the season last year, which makes me think he's being stuck up forward more. Yeah, I would disagree. I'm I would be far more likely to go for Son over Kane, but to each their own. And I suppose we'll be able to look back at the end of the season and go, yeah, I told you, I told you, you were talking Ramesh. Okay. But uh, last question. One final question. One final question, and that comes from uh, FPL King. Uh, that's at the Fantasy King 2. And there's a lot of talk about Salah. Some are taking him. I myself am now leaning towards Robinson and Trent over Salah. So he's thinking double defense. Surely they cover him for the season and more. This frees up some cash for midfield players too, like Bruno, KDB and Sancho. Sound like a good idea? What do you think? Yeah, again, we touched on this at the top. I mean, for me, I don't know. I'm, I'm not struggling. Uh 
I'm not struggling too much to get in Bruno KDB. I do like the Sancho not, but uh, maybe if if Sancho did come in, and all of a sudden is like an extra midfielder, uh, and I just go all Man United over Liverpool. But I think one of Salah or Mane is as as important this year as it was last year for me. Like so, I haven't I haven't changed my thoughts on that. I think you can pretty much, you know, count on probably one hand even the games Liverpool are going to lose this season. So you know. I'm all about Salah. Yeah, yeah. I like having Salah there because, you know, Salah can be like, you know, he's talking about, okay, maybe we don't have him and then we can use the money on Bruno, KDB, you know, he's a Sancho, but it could be somebody else, like could be, you know, Aubameyang or something. But I think you can still have three premiums this year, um, considering that KDB is underpriced at 11.5 and so is uh, Fernandez at 10.5, in my own personal opinion. That's 22 million. I still think you can get another 12 in there. Uh, and I think I would want Salah or Manny or maybe even Sterling or someone like that. Because uh, you're probably going to be times where you're going to want to double up on City midfields. Um, so I think I will, you know, what's what's his question here? You know, can they cover him, the two of them, over the season? Not really, because you're not going to captain them. Unless you're planning on captain Paddy. So if that's the case, maybe. But... Yeah, I, I think Salah and Manny, there's going to be some weeks they're going to be overwhelming captaincy favourites and they're going to get 15 points and you're going to want to be able to have them in your team if you, if you can. And I think Leeds is a great fixture for captain. I think everyone's looking at Aubameyang, but Leeds is still a great fixture for captaincy. Yeah, uh, 100%. I think, well, I know my armband is on Salah at the, for the opening game of the season, but just to play devil's advocate... But no one's essential. No one's essential. Exactly, so, that's what I'm getting at. Just to- You said it earlier... And yeah, for that reason, it definitely is a viable strategy and I won't knock it. So yeah, yeah. sorry, that's all I wanted to no, say. No, no, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. It must have been while you were kissing me. And uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think if you don't want Salah or Mane and you go, no, fuck it, I'm investing the few bob I save in other positions, I do think Robertson and Trent are going to be fantastic uh, uh, players to have in your team throughout the season. So yeah, um, fucking do it, King. Go for it, man. Uh, you can be one of those guys at the end of the season that goes, look, I didn't have that all year and I, I fucking smashed it. Uh, there's definitely going to be one of those players. As you said, there's there's one every season. Um, but yeah, that's that wraps up the drunk tank, Seamus. And uh, yeah, I suppose before we leave it there, we can we can have a quick look, a quick gander at your team, Seamus, and, uh, and you can inform us of any decisions that you know, kind of the fixtures kind of brought your way. I suppose we talked about yeah. Richie. We've talked about, uh, you know, Aubameyang and Werner. Uh, the thing that catches my eye the most is the two Liverpool mids, the two premium uh, Mane and Salah picks. That was surprising to me. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it's just something that I was uh, considering while out my my runs there recently. I was like, what kind of uh, what kind of outside the box thinking can I can I apply here? Part of me that's put it, this is a small bit put off this now is I have Salaba in there as a 4.5. He didn't play the Community Shields, so if he doesn't play, there isn't a whole lot of great options at 4.5 defenders. No. No one that stands out. Vinagra obviously looks good, and that's fine as long as they don't sign somebody else to play there. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold is in my team, whether he misses game week one because of this knock or not, but apparently he's very close, and I think he will start if he's close. Uh, Williams doesn't look good enough to, to start just yet and I'm sure he will get rotated at times during the season but I want to Alexander Arnold all season his first name in my team sheet he's in there okay so that means do I want to double up I might double up when Doherty went to Spurs 
I decided to take him out, and that's when I went with the double Mane Salah. I was going without Salah. I was going to say with Mane because my plan was game week two, Mane out, in comes uh, Bruno Fernandes. That saves me a million and a half. Following week, Aubameyang out, De Bruyne in, saves me another, what, half a million. So that's two million I can then use elsewhere. But it leaves me with no Liverpool forwards, so that's why I've gone for both of them now. So I probably will end up from game week three onwards have Salah, Man, Salah, Fernandez, and Aubameyang. Oh, excuse me, Salah, Fernandez, and De Bruyne. Yeah. With with money then in the bank that I can mess around and move Werner to Vardy possibly, or move him to Aguero, or move him to Kane. That allows me to you know, to get you know. Uh, this allows me to make moves. It does. So yeah. I think. I think I think I'd rather just put the money midfield than defence. Yes, you know Robertson will end up probably getting two hundred points this season, but or, or close to it, or even one eighty or one seventy or something like that. It's still amazing value for seven million. Uh, I just kind of want to I want to be able to play the game this year and use my money, as I said in the in other shows, on premium players, moving them in, moving them out, making moves, no. wheeling, dealing. I get you. You want to be a bit you more know. active this year. And I, I think I feel the same. I feel at times last year, and maybe it's due to the pod, uh, and maybe even the year before, the season before, but it's kind of like, I'm playing it, I feel like I'm playing it too safe sometimes because you, you know all the pitfalls, you know all the things not to do. And it's kind of, I suppose it's easier to not do the things uh, uh, that you shouldn't do than it is to do the things that you should do if that makes any fucking sense but my team's not too dissimilar to to your own there Seamus the main difference being you've gone with a second Liverpool mid and I've gone with Son uh, pretty much same the whole way through couple of four points I've gone with Walker Peters and uh, you've gone with McCarthy and goals I've gone with Ryan you've gone with Lamptey do you know so again we've pretty much mirrored our teams you have set maximum and uh, I currently am sitting on Stevens but with the money invested in a third striker in Shea Adams. And uh, he's one that I'm not confident will be in my team in game week one by any means. I could drop to 4.5 myself. And uh, if I do, probably put the money back into a Stevens. But I currently have a Burnley defender. We talked about that. I wouldn't have any issues resting uh, my Burnley defender and for game week one. And then playing Justin, uh, you know, for Justin Alexander-Arnold and Vinagre in the first game week. You know, we'll see. We'll see what way uh, I, I end up with the forwards because I think that's... I don't know if I want to start the season with a 4.5 striker. And you have it there. Uh, that's going to be something that we're going to look at closer, I suppose, next week. But uh, I don't know. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit concerned. Yeah, I I have no problem playing that junk that 4.5 striker that doesn't play anyway. Usually that 4.5 fifth midfielder I have. Yeah. You know, he's only there for, you know, if somebody doesn't play. And he usually only ever gets to me one or two points anyway. You know, it's been, I can't think of any time where my fifth midfielder has gotten me like five points even. So, yeah, maybe your maybe your third striker will, maybe your fourth defender if they're coming off the bench will get you a clean sheet. But that that fifth midfielder never really does. So like when I have that extra bit of money, then I can start moving it towards maybe seeing if Maximum comes Greenwood something like that you know no i get you um and i i take your point on board there regarding the, the fifth midfielder never coming on much but i would point out that you did have dendonker on the bench i think last season with a massive haul so you know he could he got four goals last year and i had him for probably two or three of those and yeah he <laughs> he just stays on the bench so it's very very rare you have to be very lucky i mean it was 
it's the defenders that come off the bench to get you points that get you clean, unexpected clean sheets I find yeah or a goal that you're not expecting like uh, what's his face Lundstrom oh yeah forgotten his name already because he's no longer an option there you go zing suck on that on Lundstrom but uh, yeah no I think that's our teams uh, I think that's pretty much the end of the episode we haven't gone drastically long uh, so I'm not too upset uh, before we leave Seamus is there any I just wanted is there any tips you'd have for new FPL players if you could have one tip for anyone that's either playing their first or second season is there anything that sticks in your head you're going I wish I knew then what I know now okay yeah is this going to take 15 minutes to explain no 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 there's there's two schools of thought here (laughs) form and fixtures break it down just basic simple lessons you'll have heard this before if you're an experienced manager Uh, there's form and there's fixtures okay Form for attackers, fixtures for defenders. Okay, if the fixtures are good for your defenders, that's what you want to make your decisions on. But you don't want to just bench Danny Ings because the fixture isn't great. If he's in good form and he's banging in goals, you play him. Same for any of your attackers that are in form. So form is only form is for the attackers. Fixtures for that's defenders. That's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good um, advice, James. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting something like you know really cliched like play your own game or something like that um and with that if i was to offer any tip it would be just play your own game you know just 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 enjoy it you know it's it's only it's only it's only a game it's only a bit of crack uh make something out of it yourself you know anyway that's enough (laughs) that's enough bullshitting such a cliche cliche. cliche. i'm a walking talking cliche and speaking of cliches it is that time where i have to thank everyone for listening and remind you again to hit like hit follow hit subscribe on whatever it is the more you do the more it means to us it really does matter and uh, for all of you that have ta- uh, that have uh, subscribed and liked and retweeted you name it i am eternally grateful and uh, a big shout out to you uh, but we will leave it there we should be back we'll definitely be back next week it's how many episodes we come back with is the question We'll definitely get another one or two big old main fucking pods in before the season kicks off. There might be a few surprises thrown in there. I'll keep stum. I don't want to don't want to give anything away, but we've been working on a couple of projects that that should come out nice and uh, timely, like before the season kicks off. So thank you again for listening, Seamus. You're gonna wish these fine folks a enjoyable week or so. Yeah, that, I will. I'm on Twitter, guys at FPL Drunk. If you ever want to DM me or. Uh send any questions my way for the uh, the drunk tank uh but yeah get liking the page i'm sure most of you if you're listening to the pod are already following us on twitter at fpl hangover but get us on youtube as well it's new we're only starting off so like subscribe follow retweet that shit when we put out those things it all, everything helps you know uh we're, we don't we ain't got a patreon we're not asking you to uh yet, give us money or anything yet, like that we had to we had to put put a pin in that one after seeing what happened during the week no, no. i don't know if i can retweet anything with about you asking for money but <laughs> just uh yeah retweet everything you do to help promote the page helps because we want to get that out there to more and more people as well especially this year now that we're putting um a bit more time and you're definitely putting more effort in your with all these graphics, uh, it looks very good. Thank you, thank you. I've been I've been impressed with the videos that have gone up on YouTube so far. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I hope to be a maestro at this live producing thing. Uh, as as when I finish, when the seasons draw, so I finish. But we will leave it there. Uh, I yeah, again, echo sentiments that Seamus just said. I wish you all an enjoyable. What's it, Seamus? Twelve days before the season kicks off again. It's the twelfth of September. Uh, yeah, twelve days. Yeah, twelve days of FPL. So make the most of it where you can, folks. God bless. <laughs>